We're continuing our series of behind-the-scenes podcasts where we show you what it's like inside Appian Media during the creation of our brand new series, Out of Egypt and Lessons from the Land, the Exodus. Today on the show, we're talking with Ryan Sarver. This should be an entertaining one, folks. <laughs> Ryan served as our boots-on-the-ground leader as the director of production for Out of Egypt. We quickly learned he was the right man for the job, and this project wouldn't look as good as it does without his expertise and vision. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll generally have a good reflection on our team's time in Egypt and Jordan with Ryan. That's all coming up next on Inroads. Welcome to Inroads, where we share real-world examples of digital evangelism and provide tips on how you can use today's technology to spread the gospel. Learn more about us and watch our free videos at appianmedia.org. Ryan, it's good to have you, man. Thanks. Glad to be, to be here. here. Yeah, it is about time. It's about. It's so, about if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, uh, we're probably almost a year removed yeah. from production of Out of Podcast Egypt. Podcast time is weird yeah. time. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It is very weird time. But uh, are you over the PTSD that is Egypt and Jordan? Uh, I have flashbacks every once in a while. You know, you wake up in a cold sweat or whatever. But yeah, I think generally I'm over. You're over it. Over it. Well, I mean, yeah, you're over <laughs> it. I'm over I mean, he's it. he's at least agreed to meet with us. Yes, which is I know. A good right, first right. Step. We're still on speaking <laughs> terms. <laughs> That's right. It took a, a while. Some, it took a while. You know, yeah, several, you got to process yeah, it. Like, some, what just happened? Some intense therapy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he finally agreed. Most of the time when we come back from production trips, there is like this two-week to a month window where it's like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and I may never want to talk to you again. <laughs> but we come out of that. We this do. one took a little bit longer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It was, uh, it, it, there, there was a lot to process coming back process. from it. Partly because we just didn't have time to process anything while we were there. Well, it was yeah. happening. I mean, that that yeah. was the thing for me is like, I've been on other trips before, but it was just like, we went and didn't stop. Like, yeah. it was just go. It was. Yeah. So, Ryan, before we get into all of that, uh, our audience doesn't really know you. So, tell us a little bit. Of, we know you. But tell us a little bit about who you are. Your background, all yeah. that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so again, Ryan Sarver. I'm married, I've got uh, two children, and uh, I currently, I, I run a video production company kind of on the south side of Indianapolis. I work with a lot of nonprofits and corporations and stuff uh, doing that. Um, before I got into video production, though, I was a worship pastor at a church. I'd gone, I went to Bible college, uh, studied some theology in seminary. Got married, life got in the way, so I didn't finish seminary. Uh, but uh, so worked at a large church here in Indianapolis for several years, and then went into video production back in 2010. So my full time gig is uh, working with nonprofits, organizations to help them tell their stories well through video. So I don't, I don't know what else you want me to say yeah. about myself. Well, and I was trying to remember uh, when you and I first encountered each other, but that's that's basically how we met. Is somewhere along the line. You needed a second shooter. Yeah, yeah. We you needed a second shooter. A you were with another production and, company at some yeah. point, and I'd, I'd done something with them, and I think That's maybe right. we'd met through that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, just kind of, we kind of bumped into each other in the the network of peers around Indianapolis. But that's kind of how we got connected and realized this. We had some conversations about faith and the Christian walk and so forth. We realized that we we had some alignment there between yeah. our work and you know beliefs as well. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, so we are, we realized early on that we wanted to bring in kind of an outside director for out of Egypt because mm-hmm. we thought that this could be really good for the story. And you were the one that said, Hey, I know a guy. Yeah. I know a and guy. He's sit down probably crazy enough to agree right. to do this thing. <laughs> there is a level of crazy <laughs> that you have to, to introduce this idea um, to people. <laughs> in all seriousness though, like we knew we needed someone who could handle themselves, who had experience, um, and, and could really c- command this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had worked with, with Ryan before, but S- Stuart, you had not. No, I hadn't met him before and, our uh, coffee meeting. And I'm, I'm fairly confident. It was within day one um, on the grounds where we were like, he's the guy. Well, it, this, is, this will work. Yeah, and, and, and even before, we interviewed several people for that position, and it was very clear that you, were, you came to the table. I remember specifically that coffee meeting. You came to the table, and you asked questions that I'm like, ooh, He's asking good questions. They're the right questions. Like he's not beating around the bush and saying, "I think this would be lovely. I'd love to do this." It was like, "What do you th- are you thinking about this? What about this?" And, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Yeah, that's that's a serious." Yeah, it's it's never been a weakness of mine it's yeah. just to come out and say what I'm thinking or whatever. But, but I remember that conversation. You know, you're like, "Hey, you know, I, I had known about Appian Media because I because we knew each other. I we shared a." Uh, I think we we're Facebook friends. I think we're still Facebook yeah. friends. I think we've maintained. That means we're real friends. Uh, that means we're real friends. You know, <laughs> yeah, Facebook's so real. Uh, but it's seen the work of Appian Media. And, you know, I was intrigued by it. I've been to Israel. And, and again, I'm a Christian. I'm um, deeply interested in, you know, the, the uh, biblical history and so forth. And so I'd seen what Appian had done before. And you guys sent me an email like, hey, would you come in and have a conversation? I'm like, yeah. oh, this is really cool. But again, I did have a lot of questions. And you're like, oh, you know, do you have these dates available? And what I distinctly remember out of that whole conversation is you never told me where we were going until the very end. Like, really? Yeah. Like, That's great. Like, I remember asking, like, so where is this? Like, what's happening? Are we going to <laughs> Illinois? What's, what's happening here? Exactly. I'm like, we're going well, this way is off be the different. grid here, this is Ryan. Be, and I'm like, okay, way where? Yeah. Tell me where <laughs> we're hilarious. going. I don't think that was intentional. But that's how um, it happened. Right, but yeah, happened. we probably would have scared you away if we had told you right up front. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably so. I would have been scared <laughs> away. Um, so so anyway, so we we got we got you on board, and then we head overseas. Um, and I think we all knew stepping into the country because you had actually traveled internationally and, and yeah. shot internationally before. Yeah. So I again, so I work with nonprofits and done stuff with the church. So I've been to Ukraine and done some work. This is a decade ago. Ukraine and done some work, been to Cambodia and done some work, uh, Poland and done some work, you know, uh, and done is been in Israel and done some work. And so, yeah, I traveled internationally. But, you know, it's always going into a new area you don't know what to expect until you've been there you know like i've been to cambodia a couple times now and like the first time i went to cambodia i'm like uh, i don't know what i'm walking into um and then you walk into you're like yeah i got this like i can go back now it's it's easy i understand cultural differences their expectation of me and you know how i can correspond with that um but going into egypt was a totally different experience you know jet asked me as we were getting on the airplane like how are you feeling and i think I said something along the lines of, I'm scared out of my mind. (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe I exuded confidence, but kind of not knowing what to expect when we hit the ground was, um, and knowing already some of the logistical challenges that had had been going on, kind of going, this is... This is going to be a little bit different. Well, and, and we, um, we've we been to Israel before. All three of us had been to Israel before. Um, and, and I actually went early with my wife, and we rented a car and went around Israel, and then we flew to Egypt. And I remember calling you and saying, dude, 
brace yourself. Brace yourself. This is going to be a culture <laughs> shock. Like we went from driving around all of Israel to like scared to leave our hotel because it was just a different world. Mm, right. And then we and then I knew that in a few days you guys were going to be walking into that world and we we're going to be like let's shoot a documentary and it was going to be a very different place. Mm-hmm. So so kind of you know, we, we know the stories, but kind of tell for the audience, like, what did we walk into when we, when we arrived in Egypt? Let's, let's, yeah. just, let's just go down memory lane. What I, what I Cairo, remember? say I do appreciate, in retrospect, is day one, let me know what we were in for the rest of the yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> like, it just kind of like, it wasn't like this slow, like, oh, we hit a hiccup. It's like, oh, here's a mountain as we started. So, you know, day one, we land, we get there. Everybody's tired, but it's like, hey, we got to go. I think original plan was like, oh, all the video equipment's going to be at the hotel, ready for us to look at. We'll be ready to go. I'm like, okay, good. And then it's like, well, no, we, now we've got to go get it. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're tired. We want to kind of crash land. And so we, I remember driving there and we go down again. I don't know if it's jet lag, but I'm like, this is really like a like it's suddenly like in a movie where it's like it, the sun's out and all of a sudden it's dark, you know, like <laughs> like one scene like right in the next one it's dark. That's how I felt, and I'm like, it's dark, and now we're in this really weird shady alley, going yes, into this room. There's like this hallway, and I'm like, there's no sign like rental house, and I'm like, this can't be it, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. So I'm like, I texted is- my wife and said, this is our last known location. I, I, absolutely, yeah. you know, <laughs> like we call Liam Neeson, like we've been taken, <laughs> like yes. come get us. Um, so we go down this hallway and we go into this room and there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people in this room. And I have said it was what I imagined from a movie would be like a drug den. A drug den. <laughs> I'm not saying they were doing drugs, right. there, but it was just like, this had this very shady vibe and they all saw us and then they all left. Like, and so we're in there and then it's like, they offered us tea. Though. They offered, they offered, offered us tea. tea. And I'm right. like, yeah. I, I'm thinking in my mind, offer us the video equipment, yeah, right. <laughs> not tea. Tea is good. Video this, equipment is yeah, better. <laughs> like I thought we're just going to walk in. So it's, because there, there was no video equipment. There's no video when equipment. It was arrived, like, this was, was like a, an enlarged office with, right. a, with a coffee table in the middle of it. And so we're like, all right, well, we're ready to see the equipment. And, I'm thinking, just bring in the cases. Let's open them up. And then it was like, "Oh yeah, you're 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 here for equipment." Y- yes, like we've flown here for this. And then it just started. The video equipment started to trickle out. Like they had to find it in the back. Like, oh, here's a camera. Here's some lenses. And I, I felt somewhat encouraged because the cameras came out first. And I'm like, okay, they're in decent shape. We've got the lenses. And then the audio. The sweet, yeah. sweet audio gear. I have pictures. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll throw a couple of iPhone pictures yeah. in here. Yeah. And the so, tears, the tears that were coming but, down here. But yeah, but yeah. like the the audio equipment came out, and and I, I'm a I'm a little bit more reserved person than Ryan is. Um, I was I was I was just kind of staring at it, just, like trying to process that this is really what's happening here. And Ryan came over, and he's like. This won't do. <laughs> and he immediately picked it up and took it over to Muhammad, who was our fixer, and was like, what else do you have? Because this is not going to work. Yes. So apparently there was a, I don't know if it was a breakdown of communication or just trying to push us over. But and what happened was they brought out a first piece of gear and like, this isn't going to work, you know, and it was these wireless mics and like, uh, no, we need something like we actually requested something significantly better than this. Where is it? And I'm like, oh, five minutes, five minutes. This, this is this is how I process this evening. Five minutes. 
And then like 30 minutes later, someone comes out with something that's maybe moderately better, but still, in my estimation, a piece of junk. Yes. It's like it's been less beat up, but it was yes. never that great to begin with. So we go through a couple iterations of this, and well, you can cut this out if you want. I remember them saying like, "Get, we have to get something better. And I'm, my patience is wearing thin at this point. And I'm, it's getting late. It's getting late. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And we've just had this long flight. And I get the five more minutes comment. And that's when I'm like, I've, I've had enough of this conversation. <laughs> and I said, quit saying five more minutes. If you're going to say five minutes, get it out here in five minutes. And then the laughing started of like, oh, that's Arabic time. And I'm, I think my comment was, well, you were paid in U.S. dollars. Yes. <laughs> so I can appreciate Arabic time, but you were, I didn't pay you in Arabic pounds. I paid you in U.S. dollars. So I want U.S. results. Like, and I know that could be like a cultural rub, but it was like, I felt like we weren't getting where we needed to get. Like the, this is serious. We're shooting in eight hours or less at that point. Like you have to deliver. Like the whole point is you guys had had several phone calls with him, like confirming they have the gear. And it was like, they don't have the gear. Yeah. And so I felt like at least was good. There seemed to be a little bit of panic setting into them. Like, oh, they're not pleased with what we've right. been delivered. And so that night, then they took us out to eat, and they still really never fully delivered at all. They did, they and, did with the food, though. The, the food, food was amazing. They took us to food. They did. Yeah. But, that helped know, calm some I, things down. I, I felt at least heard at that point, because at that point, then our fixer and the guy that ran the production company were off talking a lot, smoking a lot of cigarettes, because I yes. think they were nervous. Because yes. I had been like, I am done with you. Like, get yes. this done. <laughs> Um, but that was kind of that first night I felt like really helped. It wasn't good. You know, right. I mean, we were tired. I was, you know, I, I, we have to be with these people for, for the next 12 days, but kind of going, this has got to change. Yeah. And, uh, but I felt like that really kind of set the stage for at least our expectations of what was going to happen afterwards and realities of what was going to happen afterwards. Yes, yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, and I think that's where we immediately knew that you were the right man for the job because I remember walking down the street to dinner with Jet and us both looking at each other and being like, dude, like if Ryan wasn't here, where would, where would this have gone? Like, because I, I don't know. I mean, like, not that you're a mean person, and I think probably eventually one of us would have spoken up, but I don't know if it would have ever been. I mean, you're a big guy. You know, you have a booming voice. Like, to stand there and be like, this isn't going to work. It, it, like, that it made, means, yeah, it's it, different than. It, it, yeah, there was there was definitely yeah. a fire that was lit. And so. And I have to yeah. say, like, Muhammad, bless his heart, and, and the whole team eventually. Like, I feel like we got to a good place with them. Um, but both with the team in Egypt and the team in Jordan, um, it's it started out rough, yeah. And there and there were there yeah. were cultural differences, there were language hindrances. Yeah. Um, but you, but and we did we did the best that we could. Yeah. Um, but I know it it was not what we were used to. We were used to coming into country primarily with our own gear. Right. So we yeah. would bring that was the, already a difference. The, for us. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah. the main difference. And then to be to be at at the mercy of what they had. Um, like you said, the cameras, the lenses. So I was fairly pleased because that yeah. stuff came out first. <laughs> and I'm like, this right. is fine. This is going to yeah. be great. Yeah, but it's, and then we're not making st- silent st- films. Here. Yeah, <laughs> Stu's over there in a corner, like right. curled up in a ball, just, you know. And honestly, you weren't. You were silent. And the color was out of your face. You're just like. A- having worked in, you know, in Southeast Asia and even Poland, 
it was a cultural it's a cultural yeah. issue you know yeah, what i mean like and it just like our expectations as americans coming into there and just how how they operate yeah it's like it's a it's a to it is a different language literally and figuratively mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. when you're saying like this is my expectation. It's like, well, uh, I'll get there at some point. And we're like, we don't have time to wait for you to get there at some point. Yeah. We need you to get there now. And, and it and it is like, I think part of that night, and it's probably the same when we've been in Turkey and Israel and when you've been in, in other places, is like that first 24 hours on the ground is you are two cultures coming head to head with each other. And, it's, and it, it comes across not only in production, but in the, the start times of the day. In, in the way you're communicating, and it's like have you have, times? yeah, right. you have American, mm-hmm. you have American expectations, and then you usually have what is probably Eastern or Middle Eastern um, expectations, and you know, we we all three know that those two cultures are night and day, and you could right. argue which one's better, which one's worse, but like you you're finding this happy medium, so right, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that it just helped us understand, helped me understand you know where were the main that the things that we were concerned about didn't seem to be necessarily things they were concerned about in some ways um and there were times when the things they were worried about particularly with getting us in there and dealing with the people that we had to be in the places was rightly placed and we were worried about the gear and so but it's just kind of figuring out how do these how do these two worlds mesh and it it was never easy no yeah no, because it yeah, wasn't no. just that we checked out the equipment. We didn't check out the equipment. We looked at the equipment, but we never took the equipment. We didn't take it with us. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the other tricky part of all of this. Yeah, and that's that's like for for all of us who are so used to being hands on to not have the equipment in our hotels hotel rooms where we can charge batteries yeah. at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was just a hard hard place to be. And, and, and every morning it seemed like the cameras were reset. Everything was like, I know. Like, like factory reset when we everything. Give you this before, equipment. Yeah, I, I did. Because we, fact. I mean, not only did we get equipment, we got an entourage of like nine yeah. people to yeah. handle right. the equipment. I was, I, I was talking to our uh, someone who may be doing the coloring in post production for us, and I was like, just, just keep in mind when you open this project after me, some of these clips might be in thirty frames a second because we didn't realize until after we had shot a couple of shots that they had reset. Mm. You know, some of these, uh, the color profiles might be off. Just, just be patient. Um, because they're shot on iPhones. Because they're shot, <laughs> well, and there are some iPhone shots in there. Um, it was it was this kind of tug of war, where man, by the time we finished our time with them, I f- I feel like we figured out how to work with them. They figured out how to work with us, and then we had to leave them and find a new crew in Jordan, new gear, new and do Which it all over and, 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 and so, new chaos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just like I, I the the whole trip was fluid chaos. Yeah, it was, you know what I mean. Like it was just like. It was just how do we manage a situation that's in front of us right now? Yeah. And we also numerous times, Stuart and I said, "This is this is so hard. This is so difficult." But we could not do this by ourselves. Oh, no. Like this was no, not 100%. a hey, a team of four of us could show up in Egypt and start shooting video. Like we understood we we needed them. You know, as difficult as that was, they were able to get us into places and talk to people and make things happen. That we just could well, not have done, and, and I don't know. So if we've, I don't it know was if we've this, shared this. It was this balance. I don't know if we've shared this in conversation on the podcast or whatnot before, but like we had so much trouble with equipment, but we were our hands were really tied because I think our equipment rental house was directly tied to our access at Mount Sinai. Yes, that's correct. Which like just stop and think about the pinnacle scene of the whole documentary 
is tied to our equipment rental because of the fact that we were going through so many layers of bureaucracy within Egypt yep. that it was like, you're going to rent these cameras and you're going to rent this subpar audio equipment if you want to go to Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. Because other rental houses had actually denied service to us right. when they found out what we were asking to shoot. They were making. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it was one of these like, this, this is how we've got to do it. There's no other way to do this. Um, and I will say, what we ended up capturing, not just in Mount Sinai, but through yeah. the rest of it, it looks it great, good. Good. and the the you know the audience is not going to realize yeah. the struggles that Ryan right. had to get That's us right. get <laughs> so, us there. So right? let's let's talk about um, let's talk about just let's let's focus on Egypt because then we'll take a break and we'll talk about Jordan. But what was it like for you directing uh, a documentary in in Egypt? Difficult. I, I, you know, I think that one of the things is, is coming in as an outsider. You guys already done a couple projects together. Yeah. So, like, I knew you guys a little bit. I knew Jet a little bit. Um, and I had phone calls with the, the rest of the crew. But it was just like, we're all landing together at this place. I don't know everyone. Not only that, then we also have the equipment issues that seems to be r racking up. And then we have the, the crew that, you know, it, it just, it, it felt... Um, and then just Egypt itself, you know what I mean? And I know you guys have referenced in the podcast before, like there's a bus in the middle of like a scene, like, <laughs> right you know, we don't have scene, communication yeah. equipment and all, yeah. and all that stuff. And so, you know, part of it is trying to go, how do we, that was the difficulties. How do we tell the story with, with all the hurdles that we had in place? It wasn't just like, oh, we can get into the story. We can go into it. It was these, it's like, here's the hurdle of the crew. Here's a hurdle of just the generic sense of the country like we have to have a minder with us everywhere we go you know here like it just felt like and like we're learning not only me learning with the crew but also you know jeremy and the rest everybody that was there is like it just it was at least initially this really strong learning curve and so i think that was the, the difficulty and then you know language barrier also is is in there so i think it was it was exciting and then kind of going how do we tell this story but you know it was difficult at the same time and i think those sometimes two go in hand in hand you know like the yeah. difficulty makes it exciting because you're just like we're here it's happening right. mm -hmm. we've got this timeline let's go you know and so that was i guess for me that was that and and getting to interact and trying to dig through some of those stories and we you know we met some people along the way that were interesting we got to dig into some of that but it was it was difficult because it was it wasn't a place where i felt like we could sometimes sit and talk because it was chaos around like you know what i mean it was just piecing it together as you went you know what i mean like i know there had been work that had been done before we went but then you get there and it's like here we go you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's a it's a different how does this puzzle piece fit together on the ground mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that is that is hard i mean and you know with any documentary you're writing it once in pre-production you're shooting it in production and then you're a lot of times writing it again in post-production and that was very much the case it was like get in there and get whatever you can and then we're going to have to spend the time later to put mm -hmm. it together and figure out what what do we have um, yeah it, you know it's like every good story video yeah. you do all the work on the front side and then you get there and you go what's the reality yeah you know mm -hmm. what's what's really happening here kind of understanding here's what we wanted and then kind of go here's what's really happening you know like and that's the mm -hmm. thing is kind of going here's what we wanted here's what's really happening how do we try to bring those two planes together and realizing then in post it's going to get shaped even more, even more. Yep. and so it was i think that was the the piece that was the most interesting exciting difficult was trying to go 
taking the vision and then what we had to experience on the ground and making sure can we do we have enough ties there do we all feel like we were grounded enough in the story that we want to tell and, and move it forward in post yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, i'm curious yeah. um because we, we 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 laugh a lot when we talk about our trip yeah and uh <laughs> You know this the uh, the amount of unique stories that I came home with to share with my family. I just I'm still telling them, and it's almost been a year. What what were some of your f- your favorite moments? Like the things that are sticking in your mind. The when people ask you how the trip went, these are the these are the stories and the funny things that you kind of keep relating. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say a couple things really briefly. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is because it's poppy. It was on my Facebook page. Obviously, did you go to the pyramids? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, wonderful pyramids. Did you go inside of one? Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, one of the they things were, that was the funniest the- thing for me post uh, getting out of the pyramid was like, you know, we're like, I'm excited. I'd always wanted to go to the pyramids. And we're like, oh, we're going to go inside. This is cool. And I see this giant pyramid. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And then you realize they built all this and then built the smallest entrance in the face of humanity. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, I, I say it's like a four foot by four foot cube. At least that's how it feels to me. And then again, it's Egypt. So people are going down in the hole and coming out at the same time. Order is... Right out the window yep. you know like forget that they there's weren't, no they weren't there's, exactly no, there's no entrance and exits it's no. all whatever happens happens yeah. you know did you give us the money that's all we care that's about we, that's all <laughs> go we, down in the hole yeah, yeah. enjoy <laughs> um you know so i'm a big guy and i'm like and it's a steep incline and i'm like uh and then oh it's back up again and then i get in there and it's like it's just a room and there's not like hieroglyphs on the wall or anything like that just like that happened, and then you're like, oh, I have to get out. And it's the same thing coming back. So that is a memorable story for me, because yep. thinking there's going to be another body inside of the pyramid. There's to be another body in here. It's mine. Good luck getting me out. <laughs> um, so that was a funny story. Um, I think you want the most memorable story for me that's like a legit story. Do you just want funny right now? No, or do you want like whatever a legit? you like, man. You go whatever wherever you, like. you want to go. The, the most... Um, the story that stuck with me the most is when we were at Karnak and we talked to the Egyptologist. Hmm. Well, two things for yes. this. We tried to do an opening bit with him. <laughs> um, again, I'm going to scratch us up to cultural differences. How yes. many times did we? Jet, Jet had this idea of him coming out saying, welcome to Karnak. Thinking like, oh, this universally trans, like the music's yeah. one, like, welcome to Karnak. Like, we're revealing this to Jeremy. And the guy comes out. Kai was brilliant. I mean blew me away yeah it will be in the bloopers it w- will be in the bloopers <laughs> well if we have a bloopers it will be There's there like oh there are bloopers of him coming out like welcome to Karnak," <laughs> and it was like it was like he was making fun of me but it was real and so but it was real <laughs> so again it is yeah. blazing hot we're trying to get something done we only we're told at we're, this we're point chasing the sun we're there, chasing right? the sun and chasing the permit because the right. permit is like, oh, we, we have to be out by like five. It's like two o'clock at this point because we've traveled in. I mean, all the things that could happen, happen. So we're trying to get it done quickly. And this guy's like, it's just, it's not translating. So that was funny. But the real thing that the guy said that I thought was really interesting is um, we went into the Holy of Holies area there. Oh, yeah. And talking about all the sacrifices that would have been made there. And he, he's telling us about, you know, you look around here, there's all these rams. 
And he's like, that's a physical manifestation of Ra. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, and what I appreciate about our Egyptologist was he was Muslim, but he also understood the Hebrew Bible. And, you know, uh, he talks about, you know, Moses says our to Pharaoh, our sacrifices would be detestable to you. And he talks about, well, you think about what the Hebrews might have been sacrificing at the time, it would have been a ram. You know, with Abraham and Isaac, God provided a ram. And that would have made... If the, if the Hebrews are going to sacrifice a ram, that would have been detestable to the Egyptians. Right. And so it, that's a verse that I've read, you know, read through the Exodus many times. And it's never been like, oh, you know, like just it seemed I didn't understand cultural context uh, of some of that. And so to be in that spot and to be having that conversation and to, to understand better the context of Exodus and what Moses is saying, it was just like kind of blew me away Karnak I think Karnak especially there were several spots there where he said things that my mind was blown because Mm -hmm. I had never read it that way and when you stop and think about this was the influence the Israelites had on you know this the Egyptians had this influence over the Israelites the Hebrews and so they brought some of that stuff with them out of Egypt Mm -hmm. and it's like you can see it like that that yeah you're right Mm -hmm. that was definitely one of those yeah, parts. just that that connection of why Moses would have said our, our sacrifice would be detestable, right. and that it had this referent yeah. in Egyptian culture. Yeah. So that that for me was probably in Egypt one of the most um, fascinating contextual things that, like for me, it, you know, it's that's one of the things we talked about even before we went into this production is just like unlike Israel, some of these places are soft ideas of where things happened um but this was like for me like a really hard concrete thing to go like oh Oh, wow this is this is a strong reference to egyptian culture yeah the influence is here and it's it's all around yeah you're you're seeing you're you're walking on a pathway of rams on both sides yeah Yeah. and sacrifice the testable and you remember the story of abraham and isaac and god providing the ram in the thicket and it's just like oh oh okay you know so that for me like was from a very um that was the most interesting thing. But I do have to say, I'm going to say the funniest thing to me. And I have a photo of this. And uh, this is not a slant. Everywhere we went, the, the thing that amazed me most was the amount of trash. There was a lot. There was a lot of trash. Yes. Um, there was a lot of people. I think Cairo, they said there's 20 million people in the metro wow. area. Mm-hmm. Wow. But um, infrastructure is not. I mean, there is some traffic lights, none. But there is infrastructure uh, that's going on there. And so one of the things that kind of blew me away is we went to an archaeological site and there had been trash that had been burned right there. Like we, There's like 3,500-year-old walls there of buildings. And so everywhere we went, um, there was just trash. We were driving down the uh, Sinai um, Peninsula and I remember our van driver had a trash bag in the car. And we were putting like bottles and stuff in there, you know, to collect the trash in the van. And then we pulled over at one point and stopped on the peninsula wilderness. He takes the bag out, dumps the trash out on the side of the road, (laughs) and then puts the empty bag back. But what what (laughs) was funny is this is just a funny story. This has no redeeming value to you whatsoever. But then we went to the airport. The podcast doesn't have (laughs) there's no redeeming value in this. There's none. (laughs) If you're still with us, and I took a photo of this, This but living like that, we were at the airport and we went through security. I had a bottle of water, 
and we had to go through a security <laughs> checkpoint and you know we had to put all our stuff in the security thing and i had an empty water bottle because there wasn't a trash can around and we got through security and i'm picking up my stuff and i have a tub that has an empty water bottle in it and the security guard and this nice very nice airport tiled floor and stuff just takes the water bottle out and just throws it on the floor. In the airport. <laughs> in the airport. Like, so I took Where a photo of it. Go? Yeah, like I just took I took a photo of it. Like this is art. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, in like um just was, to show how different this place is. Right. It's but, different values, different yes. everything. And that and that is a very it's a very strange cultural thing. Like and I was in Africa earlier this year and and it's the same way. You know, us as Americans we we have trash cans and we think it's it's wrong for us to just throw mm-hmm. stuff out of the car so you know we get water bottles and whatnot and we're like looking around for trash cans and there's no place mm-hmm. to put this and so you know you think about it, if you do this over and over again every day eventually you're just gonna be like i need to dispose of this yeah. and clearly <laughs> there's no place to do that properly so i guess i'm just yeah. gonna put it on the ground yeah so, no, I, it, I, what, so maybe there is a redeeming value in the story and that it just <laughs> further shows yes. The deep cultural divide that that's you, right. you know, what right. I mean, that, that, right. that we kind of that's, stepped into. That's right. Now we did. It was in Egypt. I guess it was when we left. Um, it was it Tel El Daba, and they were taking us to the museum to see some of the things that they had dug up there. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe that was the first instance where um, they they had in their minds. I think these are Americans. When they get hungry, they want American food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we arrive at this museum and like. That that is not our team. We love going to these other countries sure. and like and experiencing feed, feed us the yeah. local food. This yeah. is great. Um, but they were they they really were kind of very excited to offer us McDonald's. Yes, when we arrived, yeah. um, and yet they offered us something that I had never heard of: the big tasty, the big tasty, man. big tasty. Yeah. It's this big, I, we, you yeah. know, on a podcast. I'm trying to describe it now, but it's think of like McDonald's version of a Whopper. It it seemed like that big, mm-hmm. that I unimpressive. Think tasty. And I I never had one. I think there was a U.S. reference. Was this there now? Okay, but there was. I, oh wow. I don't. I think maybe. But it was brand new to me. Big tasty big was tasty. the flavor of the day, and it was yes. like we were just so hungry when that showed up, yeah. and and very quickly had to eat because we were waiting to be ushered inside, um, and that name. That name stuck, stuck to you. I, I, I got that name big stuck tasty. to you for the rest. Of the Just show. for reference, my phone still is labeled as Big Tasty's iPhone right now. <laughs> Excellent, because <laughs> we're sharing That's right. the internet. Well, so, yeah, I, but I, if you remember, part of it was they wanted to give us McDonald's, but where we were as well, we got out of Cairo. There was no. There said there's no safe place. There's to no eat. safe place. That's to eat. right. Right. Because of not, the water. Not, right. Because well, of the water. It, I, I, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was food safety, not like as yeah. in danger, like as in physical. Well, I mean, there was physical danger, like yeah, to our right. gastrointestinal systems. But um, <laughs> it was like food safety was the thing. And right. like, well, we're going to go to a place that we know has safe food. And that was yeah. one of the things it as comes. well. It's like once you got out of like a major city, you were you were out there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. when we went to Tel Daba, we had armed we had armed police with us. I remember that we had the yes, jeeps. We, so we stopped. We had the we had the escort all the way. Escort all the way. Yes. You know, we're just bouncing through a field basically, and then we got to oh, again, here's here's these thirty five unit walls from a civilization. Oh, and there's the burning trash next to it. You <laughs> know what I mean? It was just like it was and, the the, the, and, the and then there's the kids. Muslim school. Yeah. You and know, the school like kids the, over the, there, yeah. The school, yeah. elementary school that's letting out. I mean, it was yeah. just like that was the thing for me, is just like everything was just together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like I think when you live 
in the context of that kind of history, it becomes yeah. it's mundane. Yeah. You know, which was which is weird for us. You know, we don't live in the context of that kind of history buried in the ground around us. I mean, we might have uh, other history that we know of that's referent to us, but we didn't live in it where it's just like, oh, I found something new today. Yeah. There it is. And it was yeah. just like, well, it's just here. And then we were we were definitely the outsiders when we went when we went there. So yeah. very much so. It's a big tasty, and it seems like uh, other nicknames that really was. Kind was kind of the flavor. Well, of, I don't know if it was a survival mechanism. Like we have got to find something. I mean, to there was, I, I'll, I'll be honest. There was, was some survival just, mechanisms <laughs> happening. Just trying to keep hardcore. track of each other's names because you know uh, I can't remember American names, um, let alone you know they're speaking in languages that I can't understand. So it was kind of you. We got picked up from the airport, and you were like. You're wearing a, a peanuts hat. You know, we're just going to call yeah, you peanuts. Yeah, this was in Jordan. Yeah, we had a guy yeah. who was wearing a hat that had Snoopy and yes. Charlie Brown. And I'm like, what's that about? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. It's a cool hat. Cool. Yeah. Started All right. Well, you are peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then I got called Big so, Tasty big from tasty that point. And, well, I'm not just, sure. I probably don't want to know well, what they called was, me through the rest <laughs> of the trip. But, the, you, know. you know, it was one of those things. It was just like, you got to the point. You know, you talked about when we were at Karnak, we're chasing the sun. I mean, that is one of the things that was like so, I think, made this trip tough as well. It's like you had a window in the morning and you had a window in the evening, partly because of the sun, but partly it was so hot in some of these places. And so it made, oh, we've got a full day here. But really, the the reality of what you had was yeah, what you can actually film, which you can is- actually film. I remember we walked through Karnak and it's like one o'clock and we're there. And I mean, of course sun is beating down the place is empty smart people have left you right. know what i mean like it is hot that stone is radiating heat i mean it's like intense and i'm thinking this is going to be rough and i mean it got better but it was still you know it didn't it, it the, the traffic picked up like three o'clock in there partly because people are like we got to wait this out but we're like we are only here now and our permit ends like at five yep and it's just like you have to go and so it's one of those things where like as a director or you know as someone who produces video as well is like this is not ideal there, right. this is far from ideal because not only are you in a place that you want to experience and capture everything that there is to capture but you're also you're fighting nature and you're fighting government <laughs> you know and <laughs> yes. permits yes. you know and it's like we're, we're going back luckily our egyptologists seem to have a little bit of pull there to kind of like work with the police around there and then you know again uh, Muhammad, our fixer, seemed to, and Ali, who oh, yeah. was with the production company, yeah. um, seemed to kind of go, oh, the, it, it was interesting. We can stay till six, and then it's like, uh, maybe 545. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's like, there was this, again, this is, it was fluid chaos. It was like, yep. oh, you can stay till six, and then it was like, well, that cop thinks maybe 545, and then it's like, oh, maybe 530. And, 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 we hadn't really talked about this, but the, the, the way it works in Egypt it is that cop that decides everything. You could have every permit in the world (laughs) for that space. And that cop might say, you know what? I think you're going to do this. You want to talk about pink shirt guy? Well, that's a a whole other podcast. Um, But like, that's seriously the way it was. It's like you, that cop (laughs) was the one that you, you pay and then you magically get more time. Yeah. It's kind of the, it kind of, why did we buy permits? Why did we buy permits? (laughs) That just got us into the country. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, but that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was like you we knew we were supposed to be here. They knew we were going to be there. But it was still a giant question mark until we could get the cameras out and start recording. I mean, yeah. it was always 
it felt like, well, here's what's supposed to happen. Right. Is this really going to happen? I don't know. You know, and we we had that, you know, when we went up Mount Sinai, it happened then. And coming down, I even remember thinking, I imagine the same issue is going to rear its ugly head again. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it did. And it did. And yet, I know we didn't have the amount of time at each location that we wanted, but we got we got to go everywhere we yeah. wanted to go I, I don't eventually. Th- I don't think we left um, that country without footage that we intended to go. Right. We, and there we were even everything. a couple of spots... One of my favorite things was we had gone to the brick making factory, mm. and then on our way out, it was like, "Hey, there's a family out there right, baking bread, bread mm-hmm. with this oven," and it's like, "Hey, we we've got some time." We hopped out and shot this scene, and it I'd say a fairly story wise a fairly inconsequential scene, but it actually was just that was the type of shooting that I love. That's where you get the flavor. You get where, the local yeah, flavor. local flavor. There, it's not scripted. We actually had the cameras on us, so we hopped out of the car and just started shooting. Yeah, one of the rare times. One of the rare occasions. Right. Um, and so we, we, we were able to, on a couple of different occasions, get these kind of bonus moments. Um, and so, and, and yeah. I want to make sure I say this. You know, like, we ran into issues. Partly, we're a large crew. We were shooting there. But, like, mm-hmm. when it got down to the people level... Like, the people were very welcoming <gasps> they to were. us. You know what I mean? Once yeah. you got outside of the governmental, you know, bureaucratic yeah. uh, system there, the people were very welcoming to us. You know, we made that stop, and they were so pleased that we yeah. were just there and, and yeah. listening to them and talking to them about their family yeah. and uh, we, we never the bread. met any Egyptians. And even our crew, super friendly, bend over backwards to make stuff happen within the realm of what they could control. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, it, I'm still friends with several of them on, on social media now, Muhammad and, and Lama and, and, and our other fixers. Like they're, they're good hearted people that I could see many times where Muhammad, especially it's like he wanted to make things happen for us and his hands were just as tight as, mm-hmm. as ours. And it's like, all right, we've been talking with Ryan Sarver. He is the director of out of Egypt and it's just been a really good conversation so far. We've been able to reflect. We've been able to process. It's yeah. been very therapeutic. It has been. For it's me, very, right? it, is thera- <laughs> it is therapy in a way. It is you gotta, therapy in a way. You got to face it, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, learn, and only learn and we know, you know, it. it's like you've yeah. got to share it with people who experienced it with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, oh, for that's sure. what it's all about. That's right. So, so we've talked about Egypt primarily, but we're going to get into Jordan now because I think there was a, there was maybe in our minds this idea that Egypt is a little bit chaotic, but things will get better in Jordan. And that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so I wanted to stop here for a second and talk about Muhammad because Muhammad, we had a little bit of a hiccup with Muhammad. Yes. Muhammad is actually Mm -hmm. not Egyptian. He's not Jordanian. He is Palestinian, Palestinian, which is a big difference. And he lives in the Gaza Strip, which Mm -hmm. is even like super Palestinian, super Palestinian, (laughs) Even I think even we get without getting into politics, yeah. I think even Palestinians go Gaza Strip is a little mm-hmm. bit. So he actually didn't accompany us with us. Into yeah, Jordan. he had his own struggle getting into Egypt just to get to us to he, meet us in Egypt. Yeah, he got into Egypt, and then when we went to Jordan, he was going to go with us. Correct. Had a visa. They, they uh, revoked his visa at the border, and so he had to basically send us on our way to Jordan and say. Godspeed, oh, and that was uh, that was heartbreaking. That, w- that was heartbreaking. I mean, we really—I yeah. I feel like yeah. we had really kind of bonded with him had, and, and mm-hmm. figured out how to work along with him, and then man, and, and, yeah. he just had to go. 
Hey, had to just I'm kind sure of this will be, well, you, know, you and, guys will do great. And, and there was um, one moment that I think kind of really got to me when we were leaving him at the, the port he he, kind of well. We wanted to give him a tip, and he was like, "I don't want. I don't want to take that. I'm not going to take your money." Hmm. And then he kind of pulled aside this like police officer, and he spoke to him in Arabic. I don't know if you guys remember this. Hmm. And then he sent us in, and, and later that police officer, I, I kind of was talking to him a little bit. Muhammad had said, "Treat these guys. They're my brothers. Mm-hmm. They aren't like they aren't a client. They're my brothers. Take care of them and make sure they get on that boat." to go to Jordan. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. that's the kind of relationship we'd built with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we had been talking from Maha- to Muhammad for months, even leading up to that. So I think he was really torn up that we couldn't, he couldn't go with us. But then we got into Jordan. Uh, tell eventually. Us, eventually. eventually. Yeah, tell us a little bit about our Red Sea crossing. <laughs> so again, we all had in our mind, you know, like, just like the Israelites were exiting Egypt to go to the promised land, we felt like this is our literal Exodus journey. <laughs> We're crossing the Red Sea we to get to Jordan. Get out of Egypt. Like, oh, this is going to be so great. The boat leaves like four hours late. <laughs> Literally four hours. Like four hours late. And this is not a luxury liner by any stretch of the imagination. Funny things. You know, it's rough. We're filming. Uh, all of things. Yeah. And, you know, we get on this boat. And again, it felt like very chaotic. It was like, well, you can't take your bag up with you under the upper deck. And so there's like, there's just this cart. And this guy's like, just put your bag in there. And they're like, well, there's no like checking system. Like, just throw it in this cart. Yes. And like, okay. And my, my air tag identified that, that my bag got halfway across the ocean and then stopped there. Stopped. <laughs> Somehow it and got... we, we kept on going. I was like, I think they threw the luggage overboard. That doesn't overboard. mean that, you know? <laughs> that your air tech quit. They might have thrown it in the ocean. <laughs> at least that's how we felt at the time. Um, but that was, you know, crazy already, yeah. like four hours late. And it was, uh, we get into Jordan. And again, like everybody's prepared for us. And we went from a crew of like nine assisting people to two, three. Three. Two of them were drivers. Yes. One of them was our fixer, and the other yes. one was like our An actual camera. Actual, op- yeah. yeah. And uh, we thought, oh man, this is going to be great. And then it was like second verse, same as the first. Yes. <laughs> it yes. was, uh, you know, we we got in late. Of course, we're four hours late. Going through security, getting through visas and passport customs, tra- customs. Mm. Which again, in, we're in somebody's office who chain smokes as he's like looking at our passport. This is drug room part two, this, but in an official, maybe more official capacity. This guy in a military uniform is going to decide whether or not we stay in Egypt or right. come into yeah. Jordan. And it was just like, it, it was just, everything was bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, they know we're coming. They know who we are. They're looking for us. Like right. there's the Americans, you know, like here we are. And so that turned into a whole, you know, we were at port for what? another two three hours i think so Mm -hmm. yeah we're all dying on the inside i mean we're dying on the inside the whole time um (laughs) so we get there and i'm trying to where did we stay the first night did we go to the desert we went straight to wadi rum and stayed in those tents oh yes okay so we went to to wadi rum the first night and we again we're driving out in the desert it's It's the middle of the night it's the middle of the night and we're like turning down like this desert road like they they pass it because you can't see, it's just like a desert road. Right. And I, again, 
you know, you're texting your wife the first night in Egypt. Like, we we will we, die out here. We'll die out here. They'll like, never find that. us. And we get to this place and it's beautiful. We're eating outside, but we're exhausted. And <laughs> again, we're learning the equipment, but we have to start. The sun's going to come up. We got to start next morning. So I remember saying to Lama, who is our fixer, God bless her soul. Let's meet at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Which that stinks for American production time. Nobody liked that. Nobody liked Nobody, None of us wanted to do no. that. No. No. And sh- they were tired too. They'd been yeah. up for a long time because for some reason they'd been up really late the night before at the at the rental house. Anyway, everybody's tired. We have to start at like 5 a.m. So I'm there. Jet's there. You're there. Are you, you're there as well. I think so. Yeah. No llama. No gear. No gear. 520. No llama, no gear. And then finally, because we're all dealing with WhatsApp at this point. Like we don't have yeah. like like direct phone numbers. And somehow something happens. Here comes llama and panic sweating. I just remember her like sweating profusely. It's like 545. They've all overslept their alarms. Sun is starting to like come up. We're wanting to get time lapses and shoot all this stuff. And it was like, uh, yeah, sorry, overslept. And we have one night in the desert with beautiful sunrise footage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so coping mechanism, you know what I mean? Like it's one of these things, right. again, like we're trying to, I know we're, we're going to have a busy day that we have to do. And so trying to kind of keep it together. I mean, obviously I'm uh, upset. There you go. That's the word. <laughs> That's the, the word. Let's use that word. You know, because we're t- I'm like we we have been hustling yep. to get here, and nothing's been smooth, and we're tired. And I think part of it was the expectation we were going to have something better. And you know, hope is, you know hope can kill you. Um, and so that's what, what it, it felt like at five hope, at five forty when no yeah. one's around, and we're hoping this is going to be different. Yeah. You know, and it's. It's not. And so, you know, trying to keep her cool. But then it was like we got into the day and it was like we're not near anything. We didn't have double A batteries for the wireless That's right. mics. That's right. Um, and so it just and some of the and it, not only did we have new equipment, it was different brands of equipment. And so I had some experience with Sony equipment. We'd been on Canon. You guys had experience with Canon. I had some experience with Sony. But again, nothing set up for us. No one knows how we're shooting. And it just it turned into this like, again, run. Right, run. And one of my favorite pictures, and I'll we'll share it here in the in the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, is you sitting at this table in this castle, like trying to set up the equipment while we're trying to get the sunrise. Was, yeah, yeah. It was that kind of situation. It was. Yeah. It, I, it was just. You know, it's one of those things like you don't have time to be mad about it. Yeah. You just have to go. You yeah. just have to go. And then I can rage about it later. Right. Yeah. And if, if people can picture it, because th- this is around the area where like Tatooine Star Wars. Kind yes. Of so, yeah. so imagine the just endless sea of desert with cliffs in the background. You know, this is not a place that we could just hop over to the local convenience store and buy some more AA batteries. Yeah, I think they went to a gas station that was like 30 minutes away. Right. Let me tell you, those batteries lasted about 20 minutes apiece. So we were just like (laughs) chewing through them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I remember they brought like 100 of these batteries. You paid way too much money for them, and they were terrible. But it was like, this is the only option option. you have that we have. I mean, it's beautiful, and we're trying to get this job done, but it just like, it took a while. And, you know, the cameras that were available to us, the big cameras were really great, but they're heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out 
how do we get this stuff through the desert? How do we, you know, how do we rig this stuff? And so I think we got some great stuff there. I mean, naturally it was beautiful. We had uh, a drone pilot while we were there. Oh was, man. He was, oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Talk about him. Uh, what would I call him? We called him Mavic. No, Mavic. no, the, the general. The, the, general, the general. The general. general. Because apparently this guy had been in the military. I don't know. Th- this and is he had, sto- I might start crying. It's so funny. <laughs> And he had, Continue. I would say, like a manservant that was with him assisting him. <laughs> so this guy, we knew he was there to help us and to shoot for us, but it was like, hey, don't sit with you. <laughs> don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. Yep. Don't look at him. Don't breathe the air in his in his presence. Like, it was one of these guys that was like, this guy is, yeah. But I finally, I finally, I finally found an end, and it was like, at the final hotel as we were leaving and I sat down and, and he was sharing with me the footage. So he was finally yeah. giving me, Oh, what you, were, okay. you were, you were speaking all his I language. had to do. Yeah. All I had to do was ask him about his work mm-hmm. and suddenly like he, he opened up, he, he opened spoke up. more to me in that last 30 minutes than he had the previous five days. And so he talked to you for two minutes, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes. but it, man, but it was a quality two minutes. Um, he was so talented, but it was like, oh, he, was. he was like a, ghost pilot we would show up and we would be doing our stuff and he'd be he'd have like come up beside us and you didn't even know he was there and the drone swooping around yeah. doing Very crazy stuff started. and then he'd like go and sit in the jeep wait yeah. for us to so, go to so, the next okay <laughs> so i want i want to keep this man servant had the umbrella i'm just kidding he didn't we, have an umbrella for yeah, him but right. I so i, I want because i want to finish this story because um i believe wadi rum was our low point of the production because I remember sitting in that hotel tent, whatever camp it was at that night. And all of us were just absolutely like devastated. We were done. So, so talk about what did the general, he, he shot for us in Wadi Rum, but talk about, do you know where I'm going with this? Are you talking about the evening with the, yes, I'm talking mm. about the evening. Okay. So mm. again, we're chasing the sun. We've had a hot, day out in the desert and it hasn't gone well driving on trucks on, it has not gone well you know and it's sand dunes you know and i basically told the general like just shoot stuff at this point we were so consumed with trying to get the gear again late start we're so consumed with trying to get the gear stuff and then just kind of going where do we want to be in this desert trying to figure out stuff like you know it was hard to navigate all that three at the same time so i'm like do your thing so we went back and we then we went back out. And so we were supposed to do, we were going to do something with the camels. I remember this again. Sunset. Sunset camels. Sounds great. There's a clip of me dancing at some point and singing a song to Jeremy because yes. we're interviewing the camel. A defense mechanism. <laughs> True story. Like I am, we interviewed a camel. He just kind of blew past that. But. We interviewed a camel. Well, partly because they're like, oh, this guy's going to come with the camel and he's going to be down here. And so we go down there. Yeah. And we're just waiting. And there's camel's a camel there. there. Camel's, camel's there. there. The sun's going down. And I'm kind of going, where's this at? And then they come down. Oh, no, we're going to get in the Jeeps and we're going to go. And I'm like, you told. Anyway, <laughs> we are running as fast as we can to get to a, a nice shot with a camel. Sun's going down. Get a shot with Jeremy kind of reflecting on the time in Wadi Rum. And, you know, so we're all stressed to the max. And... Then we're driving, and then the trucks stop, and there's something. I, I think it was a text message or something. Something got across. The general has crashed his drone and lost the footage. 
we can laugh about it now because we know that we actually got most of the footage. We got most of the footage. <laughs> and I'm like, two things. This is a giant desert. With, I mean, there are some hills, but how do you crash your drone? <laughs> you crash it into <laughs> number what? one. Did he hit a camel? <laughs> like this, I'm, this drone has sensors all over it to tell you where you are, and there's things coming up. I'm pretty sure you're right. in the desert. Like as far as you can see, there's not a thing to crash into. But the general crashed into the thing you could crash into. Okay, but, like the the way he flew his drone, he didn't just like I call them maverick. It. Yeah, I mean he like he was. You know, he was really embracing, you know, the fighter pilot mantra. Like, yeah. right. you know what I mean? Dog fighting something. Robin's racing kind of deal. You know, like he was just, he'd get in close yeah. and he, he flew it like he rented it. You but know? it was the, pro- it was the, to me, it was the progression of the story. Where it's like, yeah. I actually encountered him and his, his bodyguard, whatever he was, right? And there, he's got a piece of the drone. And they're kind of looking around for something. A very small piece right? of the drone, because evidently the rest of it has just yeah. He's got pieces of the drone. Now, and so I'm like, what are they looking for? They're, they're looking for is dark. It's, we it's have now shot dark. Right. until the sun is like just you know what I mean. Like we're gonna dust. So, so, so what are we looking on, for? And so it's like yeah. I can't say what I was thinking, but like we all have to go look for this thing. Like, the, but you know, what, because the but card, what's the, thing? the card, like, and so how big again, is it? Language, yeah, language is the thing. Oh. So he had a drone that had like a hard drive on it, and then there's a card, and so I'm thinking he's lost like this hard drive that goes on this thing, and we're like, well, what footage is on there? Everything. So we are in this place for one day. This guy has crashed a five thousand dollar drone, and we have no footage. That's what this is. What's being relayed. As the sun's down, we are exhausted. Like, we're all just dying to eat food. Things are going well. And so it's like, oh, let's go to the mountainside. Because we found this one piece over here. Let's start looking for this. And so, rightfully so, there's everybody, the, 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 the dissension in the group is starting to grow. Like, we just got to let it go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm just like, we're going to look for it here for a little bit. You were ready to go, I think. You were ready to go. Because I was get back. Because I I knew we weren't looking for a hard drive. I was again. Like, there was I kn- a language I know what thing he was, was flying. I know what he was flying. We were we were looking for something this big. Oh no, not even that. It's, it's and then I realized we're, we're looking all around for this because I'm thinking we're looking for this thing that like might be found in the desert. Maybe you know if God willed it for us. But then I come to find out it's a micro a SD card, micro SD card, which is like smaller than my pinky nail, and I'm just like. We out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, a that's, it. that's it. That thing that... probably never touched the ground. It's well, like, it's just, it's, it's one just... of those things like if the wind caught it, yeah, it would yeah. just float up there like a leaf. It's so light Egypt. and yeah. back to Egypt. Back to Egypt. <laughs> like the desert has claimed another victim. Yes. It's a micro yes. SD card. And so we can, luckily, again, because he never spoke to us directly, <laughs> it was always through the manservant. Um, that we finally figured out was the micro SD card, and it was like, but he had offloaded some of the stuff earlier yeah. in the day. When but we it back, was we yeah. spent probably thirty minutes out there because we did at, at a moment we did think, great, everything that we have captured is gone. And, so, and, and as far as on the drone, if you're trying right. to tell the scope of the wilderness, yeah. you need to have a shot that shows. The scope. When we'd done some stuff with Jeremy, where it was flying over, and he goes over this hill, and it's like this opening canyon. It's like beautiful. We need this to help give a sense of place and context. And then we're like, oh, (laughs) he crashed it, and we've lost it. So that was 
and then there was some wild driving back. There was some wild driving back. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so it was that was a, that was a low yeah, point. I mean, was, it was yeah. like we were. It, it had already been a long day. We'd been up since five a.m. The sun's gone down. We needed to eat. We were exhausted, hot, sweaty, and then you add in yeah. a potential loss of yeah. a major narrative element, yeah. and it was. And so, yeah, if anyone's rough. wondering, like you had said, he had shot to the first half of the day mm-hmm. and all this stuff with Jeremy out in the wilderness. Yes. He had actually offloaded, offloaded that. that. We yes. didn't find that until later. Yeah. And the way this drone worked is even though he's recording it on the drone itself, it's saving to this <laughs> this potato chip piece that no one will ever find again. It was also recording to his controller, although in a lower quality. Yeah, right? we so had we, something. We had something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I still have it. Maybe through AI, I'm I'm hoping to potentially oh, upscale, upscale it, it. Yeah. right? And yeah, that was great. never a possibility until two years ago. But uh, we we haven't actually shown Ryan the clip recently to our members. We yeah. we actually showed them. We we cut that scene together oh. using that drone footage, using the footage through the sand. Um, like it it hits well. Oh. I look at it and going like people do not understand. They don't understand how many times I thought I was going to die. Or kill someone during the during production this, of that particular yeah. scene. Well, and but it, man, it it looks good. It worked Jeremy's, out. Jeremy's VO is great, and when we showed it to the members on the on the, or the uh, the donors on the donor call, um, several of them said, "If this is at all a representation of the whole documentary, you, you've got a home run." Wow. Which I mean, like what that says to me is like we all are sitting here laughing about it now because it was such a horrible moment or low point. But like, even out of that is something that's powerful. But isn't that just like God, right? When oh, yeah. we think yeah. this thing is lost, we are yeah. done. This is over. Yeah. And yet, um, I really do. I, I I see God working in the struggles of this production. Mm-hmm. I've already seen benefits, even though the the thing's not even finished yet. Um, to go actually. Uh, th- this I believe will still accomplish great good. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, it's, it, it's made us better as a team. Yeah, after the therapy and right. after the no doubt. Know. Well, and I think that's the struggle. You know, like as I look at it as a video producer myself, and anybody else that's produced a video, you always feel like this could have been better. I could have done this differently. This would have been better. You know, yeah. and it's Jet and I had this conversation a couple times. Like I've never made a video that I liked. You know what I mean? But yet the audience, you know what I mean? Because we know the backstory about yep. what what has happened and the toil to make it and kind of going, yeah, that would have been better. But sometimes kind of going, no, what is is what's good. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's more of a reflection on us and what we think about it right. than what it is and what it accomplishes. And, you know, as right. you said, I think that's God work, you know, through pieces like this to kind of go, it's not my work. You know, it, it's his work through it. Right. Yeah. So let's bring this home as we start to wrap it up. But like talk about getting to Mount Nebo. Um, and I think, you know, I can only speak for me, but I think that was kind of a high point because mm-hmm. not only from the biblical story, but for us in this journey. And so much, so many times we started comparing this, our journey to this point, like the Israelites journey to that point, but kind of talk about where were you, what were you feeling as you were kind of wrapping this, this whole project? Yeah. I, I mean, I was feeling a sense of relief. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those, uh, as I mentioned, it felt like on this, and you guys had mentioned in your previous trips, you had time in the evening to kind of reflect, you know, in, in your previous trips. Like mm-hmm. this one, we just didn't have that opportunity. I mean, we were living on the ragged edge 
Like, and so it was one of those things where it's like, how much time do I have to process? You know, like it was like, I'm finishing this day to start thinking about the next day and I'm going to sleep for four hours to, to get up and, you know, mm-hmm. do I take a shower or not? Or I just ride with the stink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, you know, that was, you know, you're making valued judgments at that point. Um, you know, and so to get to Mount Nebo, I mean, it, that was, you know, what I loved about it is going through starting in Egypt being on the Nile and kind of getting a sense of, you know, and this is, I felt like the desert in Egypt was something, you know, we were in Mount Sinai, you know, but then you get into Wadi Rum and I remember being in that desert and I, you know, we're chugging water. Number one, we drink way more water than Egyptians or people in Jordan do. I don't know how that works, but they've acclimated, but we're pounding water. And I remember being out there for like 30 minutes. I'm like, man, I'm thirsty again. And you look around and there's nothing. There might be a random bush out there, but like there's no water, Mm. you know, and realizing you are totally relying on God's provision in that area. You know, I'm glad we had trucks. I'm glad we had bottles of water. But thinking about a people moving through there. um, So that was one of the things that really hit me while we were in that desert. And then kind of going to, to Mount Nebo. Um, finally getting there, you're moving out of this place that's like pure, at least in mind, desolation. Like I'm in a truck and I've got water and I know I'm going back to eat like incredible food, but I'm also like, I'm ready to get out of the desert and kind of going, but when I don't have a motive transportation like this, you know, and like I'm moving with this people, God's mm-hmm. provision and to get, then to get to Mount Nebo and you look over this mountain and you start to see green. You know, you start to see, now there's the Dead Sea down there, which is dead. But, you know, like, you you know, with Moses coming over this and seeing fertile land, like coming from this place of true desolation to a place of life, you yeah. know. It, that, so that for me was like, it kind of felt, you know, we talked about this, like that was my journey as well. It's like we felt like we have been trugging, you know, it's, I don't want to make much of our struggle, you know, (laughs) like I'm still an American that just had a rough couple weeks, you know, going through a different country, but it felt like, okay, we've, there's a release, like we have, we have arrived to something, something that was symbolically for us and, you know, very real for the Israelites as as they come over that mountain. And it's true. We saw, we saw brown, 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 and then green. And you can Mm -hmm. look at a satellite image of Egypt and Israel and you have green in the, in the Delta, which is kind of where they were in Goshen. Yeah. And then you have green in Israel. Yeah. And so you're right. Like, I mean, just geographically being able to look at that and go, that's God's provision. That's the only way they could have gotten from point A to point B was Absolutely. God's provision. And that's what we felt in terms of like driving through the desert. And yeah, Mount Nebo, even though it was smoky that day, um, you can still see. You're like, okay, there's green over there. I can see it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know the Jordan River's down there, which is fresh water. And it's like, that's... You, you, yeah, you know you've been taken to a place that can sustain you. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you've gone from a place... And I think, you know, when we think about the Israelites... As, as we read the Exodus account saying, like, why did you take us from that? Yeah. Why did you take us? Like, did you bring us out here to die? I can, I could totally see that. I could see myself in that story yep. to kind of go, why did you bring out here to die? Because if you look around, like, there's no escape. You know what I mean? Like, and you've taken me from this place. Yes, I was enslaved, but I was, I had my basic needs met and kind of going, you know, God's calling them and Moses is leading them. And, you know, they eventually get there after a wicked generation <laughs> dies. Um, but then you kind of go, you you see like th- this, this is where I have for you. And so 
that was um, from a spiritual aspect. You know, a, a spiritual as- aspect like that wasn't meaningful for me as well. To kind of go, you you see why again referencing back to Karnak why why they couldn't stay, why they couldn't stay. Like they, it, it had to be a time, but that it had to be God that brought them through, and then to see the, the promised land on the other side of it. So that was um, to see. To see that, I think, was really interesting. You know, it was, again, you're in a place where, and it it felt a little bit more like Israel in some places, because there was a church that had been built on Mount Nebo. You know, it was more of these places like in Israel where there's some kind of, I don't want to say tourist, but some kind of something's happening there to bring people in. So it wasn't quite as um, the experiences we'd had previously. But um, yeah, it, it, it... it just has a meaning, you know, you start to see, to get the sense of what that meant for God's people as you kind of come over that top. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was, it was such a satisfying evening for us. We, yeah. we had arrived when we intended, we found a spot that actually took us away from that structure that mm-hmm. had been built, yeah. which I know was important to you and, yeah. and for all of us, because we hadn't encountered that really at all. Right. Um, and then to, to find that spot on the hillside to, to shoot those scenes at the time that we wanted to, um, to get the drone up and then just to go, hey, hey, guys, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. satisfying to say, like, that's a wrap. That's, that's a wrap. wrap. Yeah. You know, like for us to, I mean, that was, I, I remember the first couple days we were in Egypt. And I, I referenced this before we even started this podcast. You know, you're excited to go like, man, this is going to be an adventure. And then, like, two days in, you're like, I remember texting my wife saying, this was a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it was a thing that I questioned myself. Can can I manage this? You know what I mean? Like, it was, I felt I was questioning myself. Mm -hmm. You know, am I capable of doing this? Like, you know, this trip cost a lot. There's a crew here that's relying on me. And I'm feeling inadequate to deal with the multitude of challenges. And you guys were encouraging me through some of that stuff. You know, like I can be big and brash, but like I have my own insecurities about myself and kind of going, this is a terrible mistake. But to, to be at the end of it then and to say it's a like I felt like this has been it was good for me. You know what I mean? Like to, to grow as, as a director and through the team and through the challenges. You know, it's like you directed this. You can do anything, yeah. you know. Right. Um, but to, to to go on that journey myself through some of that stuff and, and to come to the end of it and say that's a wrap was yeah, it was a big deal. You know, what I mean, it's a personal growth. It's a personal yeah. growth. Yeah, I mean, it was spiritual growth and yeah. personal growth yeah. to kind of, you know, it's one of those things you, you got to fight through it. And I mean, I I don't know how you guys felt, but there's times there's like, man, I'm just I'm I'm fighting. You know, like yep. you just like I just got to go. I got to wake up and I go, and like every bone in my body, my body is telling me to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, I got sick like on the second day. Oh, right. Yeah, I got sick on the second day. Um, I thought it was heat, but then I had a fever that night. Like, so, I mean, like I was, you know, like I just felt like it would have been easy for me to give up, but you know, it was, it was well worth the journey. You know, when we get up there to see that and to see that whole story and it's such a condensed timeline to go from this place, to see this, to go through a desert, to be up on Mount Sinai and to then to come to Mount Nebo, you know, it was, I thought that was really special to experience it in that kind of timeline to, to see that whole story of God through all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we were we were thrilled to have you on board. We were glad to have you with us. Um, I think I think the production was better for it, and uh, definitely was. Thanks for making that yeah. 
a crazy decision to say. Yeah, yeah tell me where I'm going first. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> next, time. <laughs> next time we sit down and have but coffee. But you wouldn't like, have, have said yes. No, just go ahead and just say the country yes. first and yeah. then say, do you want to have a meeting? That's I'm, right. just, I'm Look, teasing. That's a good idea. Look, they're going to have these things over there. They're called Big Tasties. They're going to be amazing. Yeah. Don't worry big, about where. The, don't worry about where. We did eat McDonald's again in Jordan. It's true. And I have to say, I thought it was, because they even said it's better than America's McDonald's. Yeah. And? I'm going to agree with them. Oh, oh. I would kind of agree with them. Well, listen, I ate more McDonald's in those two weeks than I had eaten in the previous five years. So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. That's true. But, man, that was good McDonald's. It, it was. It, it was good McDonald's. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. We, we've enjoyed this. And, yeah, I think there'll be some more phone calls. And would you do it again? I mean, not to put you in the spot. I would do it again. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I mean, I think this is, I'm going to get philosophical here, I mean, but that's how it always is. Yeah. You know, there's, I'm uh, in trepidation, I'm nervous, it's hard, but you kind of, you know, when you, when you can get some distance and you can look back, say, I'd do it again. I would really push to make things different. You know what sure. I mean? Well, I'm never riding the train in Egypt ever again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we didn't get to talk about that. We didn't yeah. even talk about the... Mm. The death train. The, there's, mm. there's videos online. There are. I will never ride a train in Egypt ever again. Like, <laughs> they have planes. We're riding them. So, um, but, you know, like, there are things I would do differently, but I, I'm thankful for it, you know, and, and it's, again, like, as you kind of talk, like, there's growth. Like, you grow in it and you become stronger in it and you kind of yeah. go, I can do this, we can do this. And there's benefit to doing, not just for ourselves, but yeah. like in the product that you deliver that, it, yeah. you know, can help. You know, I, I want more people to have context of what the scripture is like, like that this is, it is rooted in a reality. Yeah. Like it is rooted in a real place and a real history and real time with real people, you know, and, and that, I think that is, I think that's the ultimate benefit out of all of it is we live in a, we live in a time, it seems like where nothing's real. You know, it's always, yeah. it's in my head. No, this is real. This is a place. Yep. These are the people, and this happened. So, it's a great place to end. Agreed. Throughout this season of Inroads, we'll continue highlighting others that are using digital media to spread the good news of the Gospels. And we'll also pull the curtain back on Out of Egypt and talk with various members of our own team as we develop, fundraise, and produce our most ambitious, challenging, and rewarding project that we've ever done. That's next time on Inroads. Inroads is a production of Appian Media. We're a nonprofit video production company that is 100% crowdfunded. If you're interested in learning more about how you can support Appian Media so we can continue to create more great free content, visit us at appianmedia.org.